Welcome back to Beyond the Basic Sports. I'm Nick Watson. I'm Tristan Bradshaw. And I'm Diego Harrington. The NBA season kicked off last night with the Warriors and Nets, and today most of the other teams in the NBA played their first games of this new season, including hometown hero Boston Celtics. Some of the other games tonight... Score updates. The 76ers beat the Washington Wizards 113-107. to Bradley Beal led scoring with 31 points. And new acquisition Russell Westbrook had a triple-double with 21 points, 15 assists, and 11 rebounds. On other news, Houston's game got canceled today because James Harden was reported at a strip club. And so basically he violated NBA COVID protocol. And so now they had to basically postpone the game because they weren't sure if he could have gotten COVID or passed it to teammates and they didn't have enough players to play tonight. I think he broke protocol regardless if there was COVID. Yeah. Your team's supposed to start their season and you're at a, you're at a strip club. Yeah. He, I mean, he says it wasn't. He says yeah. it wasn't a strip club. He says he was hanging out with somebody. Um, I guess it was like a friend or a family member because they got promoted and something like that. But uh, I don't know. I think the way he's handling this whole situation is just it's awful. It's not, it's not going the right way. That's he hurts. wants to get traded. But he, I mean, he's make look. James Harden is my favorite player, but he's making himself look bad. I mean, like straight up, he's just acting like like a child. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got you got like other people who, I mean, you have the essential workers, people who need to work. Obviously, they're doing their thing, like the guidelines stuff. But like in in these sports leagues. They get paid enough money by a long shot where they don't need to go out to strip clubs or fancy schmancy dinners whenever they so please, especially when they're committed to playing on a sports team to get paid. And to do that in this time, you have to follow certain rules that the league sets. Similar to like in the bubble when people would break the bubble, and I forget who it was, but a couple players snuck in like, girls into the hotel or something like that yeah uh and he and he came back out of shape i mean did you see him yeah he absolutely he was so in shape when he was in the bubble and everything and as soon as he was out of the bubble he lost all of it yeah i mean they weren't out of the bubble for like that long like compare like to me it would make way more sense if that happened if they weren't in the bubble but the rockets were in the bubble yeah if if it was like the reg if it was a normal regular season it'd make more sense but like you're saying nick like there wasn't that much separation time between the bubble and now and for him to lose all of that between that time it's crazy and he even threw a basketball at a rookie teammate. Like, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, Deshaun Tate. 
uh, he threw. I guess he he apparently it was on purpose. I mean, who knows, honestly? But you just—it's like you're diminishing your own trade value. If you want to leave so badly, you like you can't just act like a fool. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he's only he's only hurting himself. Yeah, and, and the Rockets, honestly. Like, if you're the if I'm the Rockets GM, and I like. What you don't want to happen with James Harden is him to become the Antonio Brown of the NBA, where he becomes so so much trouble off the field, or in this case, off the court, that his value is just completely diminished, no matter how talented he is, to the point where you can't trade him for any good value or the value that you know he's worth, and he would be worth a lot. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a walking 30 buckets. And, like, do you think any team's going to want to take the chance to sign him at this point with everything's going on? Maybe maybe for next season, but it, I, I don't know. There's a yeah. lot of – he's not helping himself at all right now. <laughs> nah. I don't know. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, it's like – it's not like he even has it bad in Houston. You get what I mean? Like, I apparently the reason that he that he wants to leave is because he didn't agree with who the they uh hired to be the new uh the next head coach. But like, Stephen Silas is 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 not he's not a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm... Like, I know that this is his first time being a head coach, but like. He, I mean, he just he has the 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 perfect resume. You know what I mean? His dad, he yeah. he was with the Mavs. He's been with the Warriors, I believe. You know what I mean? They even yeah. have John Wall, Christian Wood, Boogie Cousins, yeah, and some other nice pieces. But I don't know. You know, I I guess he's he's gonna act however he wants to act. I don't yeah. know. It's just, it's kind of like I said the same thing when Anthony Davis wanted to leave New Orleans. He started acting, and the way, and it was the same with Kawhi. You know, I didn't expect this out of Harden, but I yeah. guess you can't really be surprised. Yeah, it, it's just great. Like to your point with the coach, like. Is he the absolute perfect option? No, but, I mean, he's got a good resume. And the other thing is the other coaches the Rockets have had have obviously not worked. Yeah. And maybe it's not exactly the coaching that needs to improve a ton. Maybe it's their, like, the people he... you put around James Harden. But getting a new coach with a good resume can only help. To, to be honest with you, I think – I think – Mike D'Antoni, and, and I know they had success when he was in Houston, but, like, it, I just think, I think the reason they couldn't win a championship is, I mean, you could, you could argue that, that they could have won the championship when they had Chris Paul, you know, the year they came, I think, I believe it was 2018, but uh, they came first place in the Western Conference, Um. They were one game away from making it to the finals, but Chris Paul got hurt. But other than that, I just think 
their style of play is just it's inconsistent. You know what I mean? It, it definitely you live and die by the sword, which is the three point. You know, yeah. the three point shot. Yeah. But I think I think honestly, I think Steven Silas is a better coach for Harden than I think Mike D'Antoni would be. I, yeah, I that, think I think in, and I think you'll see that as the season goes on. Although he'll probably be gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've definitely need to change. They've definitely been needing to change their style of play. And I, I also to another point, I think I feel like Harden just isn't giving Silas a a, a chance. You know, oh, like, absolutely not. Yeah. At least give your new coach a chance to see how things are going to work out. Yeah, it's not going to help the other players either, because setting that thing like your star player, number one player, doesn't want to like give the new coach the time of day. How's that going to reflect on the rookies, the young guys, and even just the like other veterans? Like, yeah, being the kind of caliber player he is, and the I get like the power and just like stature he has in that organization. Like, his opinion matters to a lot of people, even though he's a player. Like, more so probably to the players than maybe other staff members. Like, if he's not on board with the coach, then it's it, it would be very easy to get the rest of the team not on board just because he says so. Yeah. And it's not a good look at all to not give him even a chance, which doesn't help when you go break league violations and jeopardize your team playing when you're not even there because who knows if he would have even played if he had even done this because he wasn't really reporting the practices yeah and then when he did show up he was like out of shape and really overweight yeah i don't know i mean we'll see what happens i i hope he did no offense i hope he doesn't go to philly I, I think whatever team – it's really hard for me to say what team could easily – I wouldn't say use him, but make a trade, like, reasonable. Because you you have to give up quite a lot to get him. Yeah. But can you do that without jeopardizing the rest of your roster and organization? Yeah, and, and to your get future hardened. as well. Yeah. Like, could the Suns – or, like, pull off maybe a trade for James Harden. <laughs> maybe. But they'd probably get rid of every single asset. Yeah, and I don't think they... To do well, it. The thing is, is if they... If if Phoenix did try and trade for, uh, for James Harden, what would they... I mean, obviously, I don't think they'd be... I don't think the Rockets would, would really want Chris Paul in return. And I don't think... Oh, yeah. And I don't think they'd be willing to give up Devin Booker. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I think... Because there was talk yesterday about the Nuggets being a trade partner. They would, like... You, you'd be talking about a trade that you'd have to involve Michael Porter Jr., um, maybe Paul Millsap. Like, you'd be trading almost all your assets, probably everyone aside from Jokic on the Nuggets to get James Harden. So then you have Jokic and Harden and who knows what after that. Yeah. And I I think there's teams that easily could pull off a trade. It's just with everything that's going on with him, do people want to do it? Because, I mean, 
everyone thought the Miami Heat were going to pull the trigger, and then they backed out. Yeah. And I don't blame them. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like there's so much that can happen. But at the same time, it's like, is it really worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But it, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah. You want to talk about um, the Celtics? Yeah, I'm just going to go over the other scores. So, the Magic beat the Heat tonight, 113 to 107. For the Magic, Evan Fournier led scoring with 25 points, followed by Aaron Gordon's 20 points and Terrence Ross with 19. The Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Charlotte Hornets 121-114. to 114. The Pacers beat the Knicks 121-107. to 107. No surprise there. <laughs> the Pelicans beat the Raptors 113-99. to 99. The Spurs beat the Grizzlies 131-119. to 119. The Hawks beat the Bulls 124-104. to 104. The Timberwolves beat the Pistons 111-101. to 101. Right now in overtime, the Kings and Nuggets are playing with the Kings up two on the Nuggets, 116 to 114. The Jazz and Trailblazers are in the middle of the third quarter right now with the Jazz up 83 to 59 on the Trailblazers. Wow. And the Mavs and Suns are playing right now just before halftime with the Suns up 46 to 42 on the Mavs. Any of these scores scream anything to you guys? The the Jazz and the Trailblazers right away pop out at me. Um, yeah. I really think the Trailblazers would have given more. I, I, I understand this is the first game, too. It's a long season, but I, that's just a bit surprising to me. I, I thought at least the Trailblazers would at least give a little bit more I don't know, oomph to this to kick off the season. But... Oh yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I mean they went and got Derek Jones, Covington, they got back Ennis Cantor. I yeah. mean they, they improved their roster a lot this season and they didn't lose a ton. No. So I mean I, I thought this was gonna be one of the best games tonight and this is a this is a beatdown. Yeah. The Jazz are handling their business right now. I think another score that in like intrigues me is the Pelicans over the Raptors because yeah. the Raptors the yeah, Raptors lost to Baca, which is which is pretty big. Granted, they got uh, Aaron Baines. However, replacing Serge Ibaka with Aaron Baines, they even, even lost with Siakam. Yeah, and Marcus All is pretty. They're pretty yeah. big. Uh, big drop off. Places Phil. Yeah, because yeah. right now Siak or Siakam finished with twenty points. Lowry had eighteen. Powell had twelve. Uh, Boucher had twelve. Baines had eleven. Um, but Van Fleet only had nine points, which was probably one of the big reasons. Yeah. Uh, Anunobi only had eight points. He played 36 minutes. Wow. 
So they just had a lot of their guys just didn't cre- contribute. That was a team and, that had a star-studded lineup and lost a bunch of them in a matter of, like, two two years. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I mean, they had... They had La- they had Lowry and they had DeMar DeRozan at one point, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and they did the Kawhi the the Kawhi tri- that I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I think I mean, Lowry's been the only consistent star. Yeah. The Rosen left. They got Kawhi, Kawhi left. They had Ibaka, Ibaka left. Now all they have is Siakam, and then Van Fle- and then Van Fleet, he's he came he blasted off with his career once Kawhi came, and then he's been Man, I just did not he's been, play he's, well. been, he's, been he's been consistent even after Kawhi left, and now he's it seems like he's come he's dropping off now too. OG Ananobi is also a good player on the Raptors, and he just signed a big deal the other day. Yeah. yeah. Again, he. What did you say, Nick? He had thirty-six minutes, and he only scored nine. Yeah, he played thirty-six minutes and had eight rebounds, two assists, and eight points. I mean, he he was he was productive on the boards, but that, that's yeah. pretty much it. Seems like they but had even, an off day today. But even that, Aaron Baines t- played 28 minutes and produced more than he did. I mean, it's a center and a forward comparison, but I mean, just in terms of the player. I think the Hawks and Bulls game is pretty interesting because I thought the Bulls would really – I was hoping that and predicted that the Bulls would really improve this year. And granted, again – it's one game, but losing 20 points to the Atlanta Hawks yeah. is pretty no, significant. But, but the Hawks the Hawks should be good this year. I mean, they, they had a pretty good offseason. They have Trey Young. I mean, they signed a oh, bunch yeah. of players. Oh, yeah, Trey Young's amazing. And he went off tonight. He had 27 points, points at halftime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, John Collins is a good player on that team, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think all the starters for the Hawks finished with double-digit points. DeAndre Hunter had 11. Gallinari had 13. Collins had 14. Young had 37. And Cam Reddish had 15. I mean, this is a now, like, I think the Hawks could be a surprise team. My, My biggest question mark with the Hawks and why I thought the Bulls would be better in this game is just because they have so many young guys whether they'll mesh together, but it, it looks like it's going it, – it could go really well. Yeah. Granted, it's one game. Yeah. First game they played all season, but if they keep playing this way, I <laughs> sky's the limit. And for the Bulls, I mean, I just – I don't know what's going to be the thing that helps them because they got Zach Levine. Well, first it was Kendrick uh, Noon. That didn't work out. So then they got Zach Levine. They got Wendell Carter Jr., Laurie Marketing, Otto Porter Jr. 
Now they got Patrick Williams and Kobe White. Yep. None of it seems to, like, be coming together. I mean, Zach Levine had a decent game. Patrick Williams and Markin had decent games. But just in terms of the overall team, it just does not it's seem a, like no matter who they put on the court, it's not meshing together. It's it's a superstar league. They don't have any superstars. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, you know, bash Zach Levine, but he's even if you even if you do consider him a superstar, which you know you you're entitled to your opinion one superstar is not going to help you when you're playing a team like the Lakers I mean I mean look at the way they played tonight yeah yeah you know I mean Tristan I I, I, you're not wrong either with Zach Levine I I truly do believe he even he's had good seasons but even right now he I don't think I could compare him to even when he was playing with the Timberwolves either yeah, you know. Yeah, it's um he you, you, he needs help, you know. Yeah. And and I, um, absolutely. They, there's no I, reason they should be this bad, you know. Especially it's not like they even have a bad head coach uh, or a, I mean head coach a, a bad coach, you know. Billy Donovan is not a bad coach. Oh, he's but yeah. but they're not going to be good until they until they get another, you know, a superstar down there. Yeah, I think to that point, I, I really, because I think, I mean, they, uh, I'm pretty sure they drafted Wendell, Wendell Carter and they drafted Markin and Kobe White. And out of the three, Markin and Carter are, are supposedly supposed to be, I think, Markin and more so, like the young guy who's going to turn into the star player. And I just, I mean, he had a good game today. Patrick Williams had a good game tonight. Just, I don't know if, because, I mean, for Markin, it's been a season or two, if he's been able to even develop close to that mark that they want to. And I don't think any of the guys that they've even drafted have gone that way. And I don't know if that was because of the pre uh, previous coaching. Um, I think Billy Dov- Donovan can do a lot more with this roster. And, again, this is one game. And I think he could do more of this roster. I just don't know if it's a little too late for them in terms of the player development. Um, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I expect I expect Kobe White to have a great year this year. I mean, to be honest with you, I I think he's one of their best players. I I would have to say. I don't really watch too much of the Bulls, but from what I've seen, I mean, I would say he could possibly be their third best player. Fourth best player, you know. I mean, I I think they have something special there, but they need to to build, build around him, build around Zach Levine, you know. Yeah. They they have a lot of young pieces, and I think getting Billy Donovan to be the new head coach is a step in the right to, direction because I think he he could do a better job develop, developing them into a actual like fluid team because I think in the past few years it's been almost like I don't know if I'd say the Zach Levine show where he just dominates 
and the rest of the team is awful. Because, like, he doesn't dominate all the time, but he's usually the leading scorer because he is the best player on the team. But it's like Zach Levine can't be the guy you put the whole season on the back like others – like like a superstar player you could because he's not that level caliber of player. So they do need that superstar on that team. But I think they can develop into a team where they can more rely on each other with Billy Donovan. I just don't know if they can do that with the roster they have. I think it would be interesting to see what they do with the trade deadline. And if they're competitive at that point, I think they could be buyers. It just depends on how the season goes up until that point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, they used to have Jimmy. They used to have Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Which was, I would say, ever since he left, I don't really know what they've done because it's not like they've brought in anybody of that caliber you know what I mean yep but I think I think do you think the Bulls could be a team that could possibly land Harden I I think they could do I think it's likely? No, probably not. I honestly, I, I have, I have a strange feeling that he might go to Philly, but I at the same time it's really weird because I don't think he'll go to Philly because why would Houston trade for Ben Simmons? They have John Wall. Yeah. It, uh, what do you are you gonna put? Are you gonna put Ben Simmons at shooting guard? What like? I just I don't understand. You know what I mean? And I don't think and and I know the Sixers are probably they're not gonna trade Joel Embiid. You know? I'd be surprised if they traded Ben Simmons or Embiid. I, I would be too. Because but... I I think what the Sixers are trying to do this year is develop Ben Simmons to be the go-to guy. So, because we, we, we have seen and it's been proven that Embiid can't be that guy on a consistent basis, especially if he's doing it during the season because he'll just fluctuate during the playoffs. And we, we've seen that. He'll have good games and then he'll have bad games. Or he'll have a good game, but it's not enough to carry the team. So, like, even at his best, it's not always enough to be the guy to just t- to bring them to where they need to go, which is why I think it'd be best, and I think what they're going to do is develop Ben Simmons to be that guy. It's just going to be up to Ben Simmons to be more aggressive, I think. Yeah. Um, honestly, another thing that I do like about, I would say, for Philly this year is the addition of Doc Rivers, I think. Uh, oh yeah, I think the style that he plays gives them more uh, space. You know, they'll stretch the floor more, which I think is 
when you look at, at Embiid and, and Ben Simmons' best year together, best years together, it's when they've had the most space to stretch the floor, you know? And I think bringing in Maury as your GM, who's been proven to be, to make great, great, you know, great signings, good, solid signings. And you get Doc Rivers. I mean, I, I think you're headed in the right direction. And I think uh, I think they can they can be a true contender if they uh, you know add just one more piece you know. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot to determine with this up with this new season, the different season, short season. Got to deal with COVID. Got new rosters, new look Rockets, new look Suns bunch of teams drafted pretty well see if what they turn into it's going to be an interesting NBA season yeah on to the big game Celtics at Bucks <laughs> what Jason a what a game Tatum. yeah wow what a shot <laughs> yeah I mean I know we said this earlier but like I, I was scared that Jason Tatum was not going to play well tonight because of how bad he looked in the first half. Honestly, the whole, the whole when I was the whole team on the floor, just it didn't look like stuff stuff was clicking in the first half. It it really didn't. Yeah, there were some good you know points here and there. We kept bringing the game close, but we couldn't like get over the hump in the first half. Yeah. And and I don't even think it was our, our defense was that bad, really. No. Either. Because, I mean, you're going up against a really good offense. But both teams bring really good offenses. And my biggest – before this game took place, my biggest worry was our defense against the new-look Bucks with Drew Holiday uh, being on the roster now. And then, obviously, dealing with Giannis and, like, Chris Middleton, Deshenko, uh, and it's – I mean, those guys did pretty well for him. Middleton finished with 27. Giannis had 35. Holiday had 25. And Dibyshenko had 15. And, I mean – Yeah. The next highest scorer was Brooke Lopez with seven. So, I mean, aside from those four guys, those guys are going to score. They're good enough to score either way. It's more about containing them as much as you can than opposed to trying to stop them on every single possession because it's just unrealistic at that point, especially with someone like Giannis or a shooter like Chris Middleton. But, like, I was really impressed by the defense of Grant Williams and um, the rookie Peyton Pritchard tonight. I mean, those guys – Pritchard showed a lot of spunk tonight for a rookie. And, I, I mean, I, I'm surprised he played. I, I did not expect him to play tonight. I didn't expect any of the rookies to play tonight. I was a little shocked when I saw him on the court. True, true, yeah. Um, another another person that we, you know, defensive person that we, I think we all love if you're a Celtics fan, Marcus Smart, I think did an incredible job. He created, like, three – of those charging fouls on Giannis. Yeah, that's 
he honestly, drew, he was able to draw Giannis on charging, and he played it very well all the time. Marcus Smart for the Celtics is like Draymond Green for the Warriors. He's like it's just his presence on the court is just is like no other, you know. Yeah. Especially his, you know, defensive presence. I mean, he'll he'll put his body on the line anytime, and like that's the type of player you want on your team. Someone who plays hard the entire, you know, the entire time. And he did. He did that I'm today. Gonna, yeah. I mean, he didn't. And again, Marcus Smart's never been the offensive stud. He's never been that. That's not how he plays. But no matter how, I would not. I wouldn't necessarily say poorly or how much he doesn't give on the offensive end. He gives ten times more on the defensive end. Yeah. I mean, he had at least two, drew at least two charges fouls on Giannis, and then he had like two others on other players in that game, which are huge. I mean, I love watching him take charges. I don't know how he gets up every time, especially from like getting drilled by Giannis, who's like twice his height, but (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah. It's so true. And another person I think that surprised everyone today was also Teague. Teague came out flaming hot on both sides, on both sides of the defense and on offense. He really made a difference, especially there there in that first half where everyone everyone else that you expect wasn't really getting hot, but he was. He was he was he jumped off the gun as soon as as soon as tip as soon as he was subbed in, and he he gave a lot of momentum coming off of the bench. Yeah, honestly, I um, because in the first half at one point. Tatum and Brown were like a combined four of 17 and Teague was like was the person to spark the offense you know Um, yeah I I think Teague had like 15 points just at halftime you know you know okay I want to I want to ask you guys something I you know how uh Kemba Walker I believe he's he's out because he's had was he have a knee surgery yeah, he had knees. Yeah, so he's rehabbing right now. All right. So, how would you guys feel about this now that he's claiming to be healthy? And I'm not talking about Kemba Walker. How would you guys feel about seeing an Isaiah Thomas reunion? Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. I wouldn't. I have... mean, I think you'd have to. He'd be competing for minutes, but I mean, I think if he fits into Brad Stevens' game plan, which I think he easily could, especially with the spunk he gave when he was in Boston, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it. My my biggest thing is that I don't know if he ever fully recovered from his injuries, and I I don't know if he if he can bring that kind of that wit that drive that he did. I would love to see it if he can. I, I mean, he was my favorite player when he was here. I loved him. He, I thought he brought so much passion and heart. Wasn't the most talented player, but he he was clutch. He would he put put his body on the line no matter against who. He just throw himself at the hoop on the floor for the team, 
and I, I, I just loved him. And I honestly, was, I was upset when we traded him for Kyrie because even though Kyrie was obviously the most talented player, more talented player, I knew we lost a lot of like our heart and passion by trading away him out of the yeah. And he was a he was a team, you know, a team first guy, great teammate. And look what happened. Look what happened. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Honestly, I I mean, I would like to see it. I like Isaiah Thomas. I want to see him play. And I know that he, I mean, he's even said, you know, he he wouldn't mind a a Boston reunion. Honestly, look, I mean, it's not like, I mean, Kemba's going to be out for a while. So why not? I mean, look, Isaiah Thomas, even if you do sign him, you know, for what, like a year? It only adds to your depth. Oh yeah, yeah. It would be it would be oh, yeah. like a one year vet minimum deal. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, until Kemba comes back, I think it would it would it would be a decent addition. I mean, I think he'd still be competing for minutes and or splitting minutes with like Pritchard, but I think I mean it's gonna be who earns that spot. And I, I and I think that's why the signing of Jeff Teague is just that much better. Yeah. Because I I think not – this team would have played a lot better with Kemba on the court tonight, hands down. I don't think Marcus Smart is the guy to be leading the offensive calls necessarily and making plays. Yeah. Kemba's better at that as a – like a typical point guard would be. But, I mean, the offense just flowed so much better when Teague was on there, especially in the first half. It did. I mean, just making plays. And, like, I mean, he was putting people – like, I. it's that veteran presence that I don't think the Celtics have always had in their um, – in the guard position for the – in their bench depth. And I think that this signing could very well be the difference for them in the playoffs. For sure. Because he's the guy who can come off the bench and still have that playoff veteran experience to lead an offense so you don't lose momentum by going to the bench players. And if you need to gain momentum back, you can do it with him on the court. I, I think this signing could work, prove wonders for the Celtics. Yeah. And I think the Thompson one will too because I think he brings more aggressiveness and athleticism to their um, – Big men that I don't think you necessarily, I don't think you got you didn't get it with Cantor. Yeah, no. half the time he was injured and he's not the most athletic guy in the world. Thompson also you lose a little height, but Thompson is way more athletic. And Thompson brings in that veteran presence for the big guys now that because we do have a lot of young bigs and he helps he can teach them a lot, you know. And coming from him, it, it's just even better. Yeah, and and another good thing about uh about Thompson is he's a type of center where you can even you can even put him in the small ball lineup. Yeah, because look, he's not the tallest center, but like you said, he's athletic. You know, he can move. Yeah, he can play. Um, and he's also he look he's not the tallest center. He can also he's also really good. For, you know, when it comes to offensive rebounds. I mean, he, you know, he really works in the, in the, in the paint. 
And uh, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think it'll be really good for them, especially in the postseason. You know, getting second chance opportunities. Yeah. I that is my been my biggest pet peeve of the Celtics for as long as I've watched them. Rebounding. It never seems that yeah. almost no matter who they had out in the court, they weren't aggressive enough on rebounding, whether it was offensive or defensive. Yeah. And just watching the first half of tonight's game, I already know it's going to be five times better than it's been with Tom. And, and I, it's that it's stuff like that, little things like that, that's going to make the difference from their playoffs. Like if you, if you, you throw this roster in the, in the bubble, this, like this past postseason, I, I think they easily, I don't know about easily. I think, no, I do think they would have made, made the finals. I don't know if they would have beat the Lakers just because of the amount of momentum they have and other obvious reasons, but the series against the Raptors would have been finished a lot sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Would have finished off the heat. Hands down. This is the kind of roster that I think can do it for the Celtics. My biggest question mark is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, because like we saw in the first half, if they don't play well, majority of the rest of the team ain't going to play well or the team's going to look bad. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, watch the Celtics this season. Honestly, okay. On, about the Celtics, I've also been hearing, I mean, listen, take it with a grain of salt, but I have been hearing that the, the Celtics could possibly trade Jalen Brown uh, and some, you know, some other things to acquire James Harden. Like I said, take it with a grain of salt. You know, don't don't believe every every report you see. But what would you guys think about that? Uh, if you would have asked me this a month ago, I would have been more inclined to hear it and talk about it. But after what's happened the past week, I. I really, even with the things he could bring to the team, I think you'd be giving up too much to be getting, like you're still getting a talented player, but with what's happened to him with his physical physical fitness and off the court stuff, I just think you're, you're, you're acquiring Antonio Brown before half of his other stuff happened. And I just, I don't see, I see it getting worse before it gets better for Harden. I hope it doesn't go that way. I, I really hope he's either cleans up like uh, this whole thing with the co the COVID thing and his physical fitness gets better. Totally. I just, as a, if I were an NBA GM, I just think there's too much at stake and you'd be giving up too much for someone who you, you don't know if you're going to get what you think you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, honestly, another thing is, is the age difference. You know, Harden's already what thirty one. Jalen Brown is in his twenties. What is he like twenty five? Something like that. I mean, something like that. And he's he's pretty pretty freaking good. You know, I mean, yeah, he's twenty four. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know. You know, it's uh, for me. I guess it's like what do you think? Like, for me, even if, 
even before this, what's going on with Harden right now, I I wouldn't have really maybe wanted the trade. Just I I to me, it's just either even before this whole fiasco with Harden, it's still it was still too much for me to risk giving away to get him. And not knowing how well is he going to mix in the game in the gameplay, and how well he's going to mix with the rest of the teammates, and how is it going to play out? It was just yeah. it would be too much of a risk. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I really I really just wonder where Harden's going to end up. You know. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not going to lie to you. This whole situation screams Antonio Brown. You know, both you, you know extremely talented players. Both I think both age thirty one. Both get caught violating rules. Both aren't in the best shape that they've been in. And it's like what's going on? No, listen, you you know how you it started going downhill for Antonio Brown when he got hit straight in the head by Vontae you know, Vontae's perfect you know when it started going down for James Harden when Giannis threw the basketball right at his head? <laughs> that was his CTE moment. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I should be laughing, but I yeah. Have. <laughs> no, listen. Um, I mean, you technically. I, I think he'll be fine. I think once he gets traded, I honestly, I think he'll he'll go back to to the old Harden. You know. Where he's not acting. I, I like hope a he clown. does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, going back to the Celtics game. Um, I was. I. I don't know. I think I was disappointed in the fourth quarter. Because, we have this huge extended lead, and you know things are going well. It, I think the third quarter was one of the most efficient scoring I ever saw from the Celtics shooting wise. And then in the fourth quarter, they just started letting things get by, you know, letting the bucks. There was a lot more shots for the bucks. There was Giannis was able to get through to the paint a lot more than before. And then on the other side, we I felt like a bunch of a bunch of like Tatum, especially I think he started just throwing up three pointers in the fourth quarter a lot, and then not maybe driving more so. And that's how that's how the Bucks were able to come back. And it was the opposite during the first half because. As much as we weren't playing well, we were still doing those little things in the first half that kept us within the and within reach, and we were able to score a bit more, even though it wasn't from Brown or Tatum. But we were still able to score from the other players and keep the game close. And then it just reversed on us in the fourth quarter. Yeah, which, which is what made it bring be so close. Yeah. I I mean, but it's, it's, it happens a lot where a team has a 
you know, comfortable 10 plus point lead and then they they kind of just become complacent and they stop playing so hard and then, you know, the other team yeah. makes a push. Like like honestly, listen, I've been watching the Rockets since like 2014 because I'm a James Harden fan and I've never seen a team blow more 20 point leads. That I mean and and it'll be to to, to teams like like not even playoff teams, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, like to sub five hundred teams, and, and it's just you know I don't know. It just it happens a lot, and I feel like they just become really inconsistent throughout the game. So honestly, I, yeah, I know I've, I know a lot about watching your team blow a twenty point lead in the third quarter. What do you guys think Giannis was feeling when he missed that last free throw? I mean, because it's the first game of the season, I don't think he's going to lose a ton of sleep over it. Had this been a playoff game, obviously. But, I mean, I think for anybody, missing a free throw, which would have made the difference in a game, is obviously heartbreaking and just it, it irks you because it seems to be so easy. And it, it's one of those things, basketball fundamentals. The, it, the team that wins is the team that makes the fewest mistakes. They made one more mistake by missing a free throw. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, I, I honestly, the Bucks didn't seem like to play a different style of play. They were the same like last year. You know, like. Well, this this is this is my thing. The Bucks, for for them to succeed in the way they play their offense, it's channeled through Giannis. Obviously, the thing was is that they didn't they couldn't like if you didn't have the option with Giannis, you could pass it to Chris Middleton for the three point shot, and that was honestly about it. You could you could try Lopez in the center position, but again, that's that wouldn't work a majority of the time. Because it would be clogged with Giannis in there or just the amount of people there. And you couldn't pass it to a lot of anybody else because they weren't a consistent shooter. Maybe Deshenko at some times, but he, he, he's now developed into a shooter. But now when you got Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, uh, Deshenko's fully developed shooter now. Now you can pass the ball out to your other starters and count on them to be shooters. Which it's it's gonna be their offense. Yeah, I think they have to. I think they have to work into it because honestly, like seeing them today, that really wasn't the case. Like they weren't. Like it was still the same thing. Like Giannis kept getting called for charges because that's what he does. He drives into the paint, but you know teams can catch him by by drawing the charges, which is what we did. And it seemed like they weren't able to get out of that. And then yeah. on the other end, I felt like it was a, with the new faces on the Celtics and a revamped roster, it felt like we played differently because I was able to see we were able to uh, move the ball around a lot more and be able to efficiently shoot the ball too. Yeah. 
Here's my thing about the Bucks and Celtics. For the Bucks, the co- their coach was talking, I think, after the first quarter about how good of an acquisition Drew Holiday was and how he brings a lot of elite defense, which I agree with 100%, mm-hmm. which is good because that's something they've lacked, obviously, outside of Giannis being the defensive stud he is. They've lacked it on pretty much every other part of their roster. They have it now with Holiday, which helps them down the stretch and is definitely going to help them in the playoffs. However... When you only change who you have on the roster, but you don't change your game plan, that's how you still get beat, no matter how good of a roster you have. Yeah. Because all a team needs to do is play terrific perimeter defense or or the shooters on the Bucks to have it off night, and it's game over. Because Giannis can't score 123 points. Every night. Exactly. It's it's just not going to happen. And I think for their coach, he's really going to have to draw up. Obviously work, like, use the perimeter shooting because it's going to work. But if that's their whole offense, one bad night for their shooters or one great perimeter D night for the other team, it's just, it's going to, it's, it's not going to work out. Because you take away Deshenko's game, you take uh, some of Holiday's game, take Middleton's game. Now, with Drew Holiday, you get a little bit more because he can create his own shots, drive into the lane, which is going to help them. But is it going to be enough? Because it always has seemed to be the issue with the Bucks in the playoffs. And I don't know if it's going to be the huge difference because it, it – it didn't work tonight because I'll, I'll be honest, the Celtics should have beaten them by more. Yeah, a lot more. Because if we played more efficiently in the first half, this would have been a different game. And for the Celtics, it's all about pace. They're so inconsistent with their pace yeah. that it, it kills me. Because times when we need to be aggressive, we're not aggressive. Times when we need to slow the ball down and just get our like ducks back in a row, we, we just go – we go ham, and we're chucking the ball out of bounds, taking awful shots. You have, like, Marcus Smart just jumping up in the air, trying to shoot threes left and right when it's – he's missing all of them, and it's not working. And it's just – they need – they miss. And this is where I think an Isaiah Thomas and I think Jeff Teague and Kemba make such a big difference because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are still very young. Yeah. You need that veteran presence to be able to quicken the pace when needed and slow it down when you're too crazy. And I think that's what you saw with Jeff Teague tonight when he was on the court. And I think that for them is going to be the difference for them. And I think it's going to get better when they get Kemba. And I just think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are get better at controlling the game, not only with their own play, but as a whole unit, just the more they progress. And I think we saw we saw more of it from Tatum and Brown tonight. I saw I think some of it I saw a lot more of it from Brown with he kept especially in the third the second and third quarter, he kept taking those shots where he knew he could hit them from. He kept hitting that mid range. He was yeah. consistent from that mid range and kept coming off the screen and was able to shoot it off in the mid range and he kept doing that. See, I, I'll take that from Brown 
But I, I, I also want Jason Tatum to stay aggressive. Oh, yeah. That's how he's going to get better. Because yeah. that, that's how he's gotten better by being aggressive. I mean, we saw in his rookie season, he was super aggressive during the playoffs. And it just made him that much better through like the next seasons. I think for him, he's got as he does that, he has to learn. Okay, now that I'm like obviously a developing talented superstar, I need to be able to have the mindset where I can control the game at the same time, but also have the aggressiveness to create the shots I know I can take. Yeah. And I think I hope it happens this season because if it does, it's gonna it, it will take a lot to stop the Celtics team. But there's still a lot of questions in terms of Kemba's injuries. Which kind of worries me, but I I hope that they get it together because if they don't fix that pace problem and it ends up happening late in the game, which we saw in the bubble, they're just it's not gonna work for them, whether it's in the regular season or the playoffs. They can't finish and if they can't consistently keep the correct pace of the game, it, it, it doesn't matter who they play. They could be playing the Knicks or they could be playing the Bucks, Nets, or Lakers. It's not going to work. It'll definitely be their Achilles heel for sure. Yeah. Where Where do you guys see the Celtics finishing? Uh, maybe I think second or third in the. East, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe even first. I don't know. No, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. First, first, first is because of Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm. I am saying first. If they can stay healthy, I think Brooklyn will probably be the first, first place in the East. But I could I could see the Celtics possibly being the third seed. Maybe I have the Bucks as I have the Bucks as the one seed, the Nets as a two, and the Celtics at the three. Just because there's a lot more questions in terms of injuries and like change of pace, like the Celtics, and then the injuries with the Nets, and just it's a new roster, really. With them than I have with the Bucks. Although I do think come playoffs, I think it, I easily think it could be a Celtics and Nets Eastern Conference Finals. But I'd have to give it to the Nets. Yeah, I don't know. Katie is just built different, honestly. Yeah, I I I mean, I know it was one game, but coming back, I I just. Every time I watch him, it's just crazy. And yeah. finally, and finally, getting to see those three superstars work together—it it, it was definitely something else. Yeah, honestly, is that uh, uh, man? I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I think the Nets will probably come in first place. I was gonna try and make an argument for another team, but. I don't know. I just don't see it. I th- I really think Brooklyn's gonna gonna come first place in the East. You know what? But I could, but don't also don't forget about Miami. 
Oh no, the Miami definitely top ranks. <laughs> for me, for me, Miami. It, it's the top four is definitely going to be the most competitive. I think we all can agree on that. Yeah. My thing with Miami is just you have a lot of young guys who are still developing. Now they got a lot of experience and did very well, obviously, in the bubble. I think in an extended period of time, not in a bubble atmosphere in a regular season, might prove a little different. It could be good or bad. They easily could be a lot better than I think. I just – I want to see more of a long term of what this young team looks like with Jimmy Butler than just the bubble heat. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I, I have him as the four seed and on my my bracket. But, I mean – they play better they could they could sneak their way maybe to the three but i i think those are definitely i think they're definitely the top four teams in the east you know what good for the nets because it's been a while for them so i i think the nets have the best one of the best if not best bench in the whole nba well you could tell in that in the game against the warriors the bench did Make a big difference too. You have Chris Levert. Chris Levert is coming off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely going to be an interesting season. New, uh, a new era for sure. Definitely. I, I love to see the Celtics win it. It's just it's a it's it's it would be a very tough road for them to win it all because not only do you have to get out of the East, you honestly probably would have to beat the Lakers in the finals. Yeah, let's just be real. <laughs> and I don't know if I see that happening, especially because I believe the Lakers just got better, hands down. They didn't lose really anything. And if they did, they got that and more. They lost Dwight Howard. They got Marcus All. The one thing I do think is they lost Rondo. And the only reason why I say that is because they, they lost Rondo. And Rondo does make a difference whenever he's in the playoffs. True. Very true. And, and I know they got Dennis Schroeder. But I just... I don't know if you can make a difference like maybe Rondo did whenever he's in the playoffs. I think Schroeder brings more talent to that role. I just think you don't have that experience and knowledge that Rondo brought, which is kind of obvious. True. But I think you're right. They did. They do lose a lot of veteran experience in the uh, guard position with Rondo. That I think the which I think is actually really help really help with the Hawks and the development of Trey Young. True, very true. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting NBA season for sure. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you to everybody who tuned in. Appreciate it. Check out the Instagram page. We'll be coming out with new updates for our next episode soon. Thank you. Good night, everyone. See you next time. Logging off.